Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. This is the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for a brand new episode. Pleasure to have you listening. Today it's episode 116. We have got some updates on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nothing major because, of course, at this time of the year, there just really isn't that much news. But last week, Bruce Arians was able to speak on a media conference call with Tampa Bay. We're going to talk about some of his points from that and we also open things up for you guys to submit questions. It's an ask me anything sort of segment. We're really excited to get that underway. We got some great questions lined up from everyone who submitted them over on our Instagram page at Cannon Fire Podcast. And of course on Evan's page as well at Bucks.Wave. So let's get into the show. Welcome back. I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, trying to trying to stay as cool as possible. So yeah, uh, you know that that summer heat's really starting to kick in. I think in PA tomorrow it's supposed to be 89 and then 91. But uh, I hear it's pretty hot down there in uh, sunny Florida. You know, I'll tell you this time of year, 89 degrees sounds like a pipe dream. Like I <laughs> would give anything for it to be rainy and 89 degrees. I was checking out the news today. Rainy. And, uh, I don't know about rainy. Uh, well, the rain down here makes it more humid than anything. It doesn't cool shit off, but I was looking at the news today and over in St. Petersburg, it felt like 104 degrees. I don't know how yeah. it was 10 degrees Tampa on this side of the Bay in Tampa, but yeah. it just, it's ridiculous. Like that's, it's that that's time the type of, of temp. That's the type of temp. You know, and like you ever see Vegas Vacation when uh, cousin Eddie's cooking the, the the chicken and he puts it on the rock and it just it cooks. Right. That that's that's that type of weather. Oh yeah. Me. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go. Out very to very rarely do you get a day over over a hundred in in Pennsylvania. It gets hot, but maybe not that hot. I'll be able to go out before noon tomorrow morning. You know the big green power box in front of the house. I'll just crack an egg on that bad boy. Make me a killer mm-hmm. omelet. But. Why not? Uh, We're not here to talk about breakfast food cooking in the middle of the street. We're here to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as you heard me mention before, there really isn't a whole lot in the realm of news, but we do uh, do have some things we can get you guys updated on. First and foremost, let's go ahead and get into it. Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians took part in a media conference call last Thursday. And uh, he covered a vast array of topics from Buccaneer training camp, when that's going to start, if they can expect fans there, and then he went all the way to the other end of the spectrum talking about Miami starting quarterback battle. So uh, take that for what you will, but he's definitely a guy with a lot of opinions, and we're going to get into some of those right here, right now. The most important thing I took away from his conference call was training camp, because as of right now, the sports world is still kind of in a momentarily hold, uh, momentary hold. 
you know, NASCAR started back up. They're doing races every weekend, which is pretty cool to see. But, of course, it's in empty stadiums. The WWE is doing its thing every week, but they only just now put people in the crowd. And it's not even people in the crowd. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's other hired, wrestlers. Yeah, you know? hired people, basically. Yeah. So it's the people who are paid to be there and cheer and sound excited about what's going on. So not to say that it doesn't help out a little bit, but, you know, it's still awkward there. You don't have stadiums full of people. The NBA just approved a plan to where they're going to go to Orlando with a 22-team playoff format, and that starts July 31st. So, I mean, we have sports, but they're still two months away. Going back to Bruce Arians' media conference call, he stated that training camp is planned to start on July 21st. Players are not expected to report any sooner than that, and there hasn't been any word from the NFL about when those guys will be able to get in the facility. But as of right now, it seems like a little over 40 days from now is what they're going to have to wait for. July 21st is that magic number. And along with that, they've delayed everything. They've got limited people in the team headquarters right now, but they also canceled all the joint practices. There were a couple scheduled, I believe, with the Tennessee Titans and some other ones with the Jaguars, if I am correct there. Uh, they watched all of that. So well, the NFL out. did. The, the NFL put a kibosh to, to all that. They said that, you know, each team must stay at their own facility. So even teams that typically travel um, for, for training camp, they, they're not allowed to travel this year. So the only traveling you can do is for a preseason game the, this this uh, camp. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a good thing that we're still expected to have football start on time. I really am looking forward yeah. to that. But with training camp starting on July 21st, you're looking at where we are now in the middle of June. You know, rookie OTAs were supposed to have been underway. Teams are supposed to be back in the facilities, working out as a team, getting that camaraderie back together, yeah. running through, getting reps in. And here we are. No player has been in the facility, not even Tom Brady, unless he was there. Not even a coach. Right. <laughs> <Until 11 now. laughs> yeah. And it's at this point, I feel like these guys have missed out on hundreds of reps that could really help them get yeah. into a groove. So the big concern that Bruce has, and this is what I wanted to ask you from here, training camp. How do you make up that time? Is there any possible way to do it? Because we know the NFL is still slated to start in September. But between July and September, there's really not a lot of leeway of extra time to go out and perfect what these guys are paid to do. So, I mean, is it possible or is it just there's really no way and teams are going to have to suck it up? I, I just don't. I think the way you're going to be able to make it up is just – studying the film room more i i guess i i don't see a way if, if you want to make it up you, you're gonna have to organize it yourselves um because with the you know with how the nfl is now with practices you, you can't do two a days three a days you, you can't do that stuff um anymore so that that's not it's not like the 1970s now where, where you could do you know a practice in the morning and a practice in the evening you, you can't do that stuff anymore um so it's going to be difficult for every team in the NFL to really catch up, especially for, for rookies and stuff. And for the Buccaneers in this case, of course, they have a new player at the most important position. So, of course, that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like it's it's a guy that's known the system. Yeah, he's been working out or whatever. But there's, I mean, Arians has basically said, you know, they missed 400 reps by now. 400. Yes, there would be no pads or very little pads, maybe like some shells, but those are still valuable reps, especially for the rookies. So I don't see a way that on the field, unless these guys are organizing it themselves, 
there's just no way with the, how the NFL is right now. There's no way to make up them this time. I think you're just going to have to bite the bullet and say, hey, this is what we got to work with and, and try to do the best you can. Yeah, and that's something that Bruce Arians had brought up during that call in particular was how important these reps that are being missed are to the rookies, to the younger guys still learning to get the hang of things. And um, it just can't be replicated. You know, getting out there in April and yep. May and in Going through the motions, walking through what you're supposed to do makes it a hell of a lot easier to learn than cracking down in the film room twice as much during a day. Because yeah, you know, getting you, getting used to being a pro, right? right? These guys, these guys have never been pros, right? Iowa weather, Tristan Wirfs, is a lot different than Tampa weather, right? So I'm not even sure if Tristan Wirfs is in Tampa right now. You don't know. These rookies may not be in Tampa. Like they may not even be here right now. So you know pro life they gotta get used to that and they're gonna come into training camp and within a month and a half boom you're gonna be in new orleans before you know it and you got to play so it, it's extremely important but you know what you gotta think about it's not like the buccaneers are the only team you know yeah this is every team and some teams you know, the 49ers facility isn't even open right now so i mean some teams are even further behind so i mean it's going to be every team, and every team with new additions is going to have to go through this, and the Buccaneers are not alone, but it, it sucks. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different safety measures that are being put into place. I'm not sure if you saw this today, but um, the, the the locker rooms, uh, the players' lockers being six feet apart, tell me how that's supposed to work because <laughs> training camp, you have 90 players. How are you going to have 90 players it's six feet apart each locker. You know, like, I truly don't. I, I texted somebody. I said, man, somebody's locker is going to be in the bathroom stall because <laughs> you're not going to be able to do that. There's, the locker rooms just aren't big enough. And also, I believe John Ledyard, a uh, Pewter Report, tweeted this. He quoted the tweet and was like, okay, so you're going to put six feet apart in between the lockers, but they're going to be six feet apart just after coming inside after tackling each other for two hours what's the difference well and that's the thing as well is like me personally i think they're going to throw out all of these rules and these in these conditions that players need to stay under uh when it comes to practice and things like that but i just really don't see any physical way that you can have something like that in a locker room where lockers are six feet apart guys can't be within this many feet of each other because it's a great point as you just brought up you know if they're out there beating the hell out of each other, tackling each other, making physical contact with one what another. What does it matter? What does it matter? You know what I mean? You can disinfect at home and you can get ready to do it the next day when you come into the facility and disinfect right when you get there. Like, it's just, I personally don't think there's going to be teams that are following that down to a, like, just really down to it, you know? I don't think there's going to be someone walking into the locker room every couple of minutes and saying, hey, you two get the hell away from each other. Like, I Hey, don't... You're, you're, uh, you're, you're five feet, not six feet. Right. Uh, like, can, you, can you move a foot? Yeah, right. I bet, give me whole... a break. I'm, a, I'm Tom freaking Brady. You're going to tell me to move another foot? <laughs> and the hope and expectation for a lot of people, especially Florida, a state that recently has been opening things back up. I know just this past week or the week before, they opened up bars and club venues again. You know, Places are opening back up, granted at a limited capacity, but if by the time football season rolls around, you know, late July or August when training camp is happening, I'm sure the hope is that the social distancing rules will be relaxed. 
You know, Bruce yeah. Arians brought up in the call that he doubts there's going to be fans at training camp. But if I'm honest, I don't think they're going to be there either. No. Um, yeah, I, I think it works a lot better for guys who are cramming a month worth, worth of missed time to not have screaming fans there. I think it's a distraction for fans to be at training camp, even though yeah, it is. Yeah, but a, some, some people like that. Some oh, dude, like it that is. It replicates, in a way, crowd, basically. That's you know, true. Obviously, you know, there may not be fans in the stands for a regular season. I get that. But, There will know, be fans in the stands for the regular well, season. I'm confident in that. Okay, I am. I, I am. I'm, I'm not as confident as you are. But, okay. um, you know, Coaches and players, yeah, maybe it gets annoying every now and then, but you can't tell me they don't like it because, you know, you're not, guess what? Like, Bruce Arians doesn't play music anymore at practices. Your games, they're not going to be completely silent. There's going to be fans screaming constantly. Well, look Whether at it's we'll loud look at you, not, ju- we'll look at you there. You constantly. just admitted there's going to be fans in the stands. So no, I'm going to go no, go no, and take the no, W no. for that no. argument. That settles that one. Okay, let's uh, let's settle down on that. But um, I hope there's fans. I, I hope I hope oh, there God, is. But too. I'm 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 less confident than than you are, um, especially when you when you look at you know all the other sports that aren't going to have fans. I just don't know if it's possible that the NFL um, has has fans, or at least you know it might have fans, but maybe like twenty five percent capacity or something like that. Like it's not going to be. It's you not know, be full. and as sad as it is to think about it, at this rate, I just want football. I'll be happy if we have a football season at I all. I just want I, sports. I, I don't care, right. you know. I mean, you know, everybody says, I want football. I want football back. Look, if this whole thing wasn't going on, there'd be no football. <laughs> there would still be no football right now. Right. Football, football is basically football hasn't been impacted by this nearly as much as other sports, right? But Baseball has not started. Baseball should be lining up almost the wild card race should be almost shaping up right now. And baseball hasn't even started. The trade deadline would be in like a month and it hasn't even started. The NFL has been fortunate that they were able to get the draft in and free agency in. Yes, they are not able to get OTAs and mini camps in, but they've been pretty fortunate compared to other sports right now. Yeah, no, I definitely think you're right. I think it helps the NFL that they have this ridiculously long offseason. You know what I mean? It, it makes a lot of time <laughs> it, for, yeah, it is ridiculously for sitting longer. and waiting around and hoping that we get football when it's scheduled to come back. And, I mean, that's mostly what I'm saying. Like, I know that there's no football right now. Everybody and their mom knows there's no football right now. But there hasn't been an official announcement that there's not going to be football in September. So until there uh, is I, then. I would be shocked if there's not football. Yeah, I, I would as well. So is everyone else. And I think we've kind of passed that fear um, yeah. You know, I think we're at the point now where we can look forward to a season to have played. But, yeah, it's just – I don't know, dude. Let me hope. Let me hang on. Let me love hey, football. Hey, so, well, yeah, but you're not you're not hoping right here. You're saying that there's going to be fans in the stands. Am I, getting, am I hearing that right? Yeah. Okay, so Rhett Matthew on episode whatever you said, 116. 116 on Monday, on June, 8th, June 8th, 2020. June 8th, 7.36 Eastern time, p.m. You're saying there's football, there's stand, there's fans in the stands for the Bucks home opener. Yes, I'm not saying packed out stadium, but I'm saying there are fans in the stands in some capacity. Okay. Alrighty, let's you move on. So I'm, this is gonna be like an old takes, freezing cold takes or something, man. God, I hope not. <laughs> You're not even gonna remember the episode numbers. So let's not even worry about it. Uh-huh. Let's go ahead and move on. That's pretty much everything that we needed to cover from Bruce Arians, and that's all the Buccaneer developments we have. 
over the last couple of weeks. The only thing we've really heard is coming from the NFL. Roger Goodell has sent out memos about how teams can slowly but surely start to order the, uh, open their headquarters back up, but the Bucks really have not made anything happen. Bruce did mention one thing very, very, very briefly, and I don't think it's anything we should take it and run with, uh, but he brought up the special teams, and that's his biggest concern right now with missing reps is, you know, the offense and the defense, that's great, yada, yada, yada. But the special teams, we've talked about before how they just really weren't that great of an overall unit last year. TJ Logan was really looking good as a returner, broke his thumb, and wasn't able to come back after that. Um, this is a unit that needs some improvement. And Bruce had made it clear that he wants those guys to get their reps in. And another thing he had mentioned was the possibility of maybe looking at a veteran in free agency to help out four special teams in particular, you know, you've got Ryan Smith, you've got Kevin Minter who did a really good job in special teams last year, but he wants one more veteran who knows what he's doing back there. Quote what he says, uh, as opposed to a bunch of undrafted rookie free agents. So what do you think? Is there a guy in mind when you think of a special teams helper? Because I know when people think free agency and what we have left, they want to automatically go to the secondary. Jadavion Clowney. Maybe even the defensive line, but who do you think that special teams guy could be? Because I think that's the most realistic price range we have right now with, what, four and a half mil left in cap space? What do you think? Yeah, yeah they have about four and a half. It's it's expected to be like three million or so inside a draft class, so really they're they're, they're dealing with not a, not a ton. So, you know, I honestly, I can't give you exact names, but... Your special teams guys are going to be the wide receivers, the, the corners, the linebackers. Those are going to be your special teams guys that are going to be able to make an impact, whether that's punt coverage, kick or turn coverage, whatever. Those guys are the guys that are going to make an impact. So if they're looking for somebody on special teams, you know, I would, you know, maybe Google, you know, free agent wide receivers. Maybe see you guys, you know, don't look at the top guy, right? Because odds <laughs> are the top guy ain't coming into play special teams. He's just not, um, you know, for, for corner, don't be looking, don't, you know, have Morris Claiborne up there and think that Morris Claiborne is going to be playing special teams. It's just, it's not, that's not how it, it really works. Right. Clay Matthews listed as a linebacker. He's not coming in and going to be the special team star. Um, could they use some more depth at, at, you know, pass rush? Sure. And that's where a guy like Matthews could be used, but you know, when he's talking about special teams, I think he meant, you know, guys like Gunners and stuff like that, like Ryan Smith, um, what, what a Josh Robinson was for this team for, for two, three years, Russell Shepard, uh, those types of guys. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. I do think they're, you know, they're going to add somebody. And Bruce Arians even admitted that him and J Jason Light purposely didn't sign two or three more undrafted free agents because they were thinking, well, maybe this can be two or three veteran players knowing that you're likely not going to have mini camp and OTAs to really learn this. So, and you're not, you're not even a hundred percent sure if training camp's going to start July 21st. You're not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you just don't know. It could be mid August, you know, before you start training camp. I, I don't expect it to be, but it could be. Uh, so there's just so much uncertainty right now that I think it was a good plan by them. Leave those roster spots open. You don't want to have to be teaching, you know, 15 different guys how to play special teams in the NFL, whereas you can just sign two or three guys that, hey, you know what to do. Go out there, 
you know, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit of what our philosophy is. You go out there, do it. So I think that's – I would expect them to sign a few people. I think – I'm not sure – I don't think it's going to be before camp. I think they might actually wait a few days and see what they actually have, like pass rush-wise, special teams-wise, running back-wise, receiver-wise, and then make a few moves. Uh, but I still think, you know, free agency has been halted by this, right? And, uh, you know, like I said, it's not going to be a guy like Logan Ryan, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, you're not going to get any of those guys. Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews is only be a possibility if he's coming on a veteran minimum. And even then, it would be tough to fit him in. But um, I, I do expect them to add two or three guys that can play special teams, plus maybe contribute actually on the field on offense or defense as well. Sorry yeah. for that very dragged out answer that simple question but no you're uh, good man that's the the overcomplicated version hey we love the extra details that's what it's all about (laughs) for the people who really enjoy listening to this show one more update i think we should go over before we get into these fan submitted questions more of a follow-up to a topic we discussed on last week's show it's Devontae freeman we heard a little bit more Uh, from both sides about Devontae freeman and i think uh, between what we've heard this past week and what you literally just said about the Bucks' plans and adding some help in special teams, I think it dissolves any chance of Devontae Freeman to Tampa. So let me say that before we get into this. We heard a response. Bruce Arians was asked about Devontae Freeman, and he said, well, you uh-huh. know, we'd love to have him, but uh, he just needs to ask for less money because we so don't that have that confirms that confirms the interest. Yeah, right? It definitely <laughs> confirms that the Buccaneers were interested in him, but for Bruce Arians to come out and Put it as plainly as it could possibly be said, uh, the Bucks don't have a lot of money, and he's asking for a lot of money. Well, Devontae Freeman came out. He said, I've heard some people say that the Bucks are interested. If the Bucks want to give me a call, they can reach out to me directly. And that is the last that we have heard about everything going on between Tampa Bay and Devontae Freeman. A lot of people took this as Devontae Freeman said he wants to come to Tampa, and that's not, the, that's not how I took it. Well, you know I took how people it, take I took things it as all basically, the time. I, I took it as basically – you know, Devontae Freeman saying that the Bucks haven't contacted him personally yet. Like, maybe the Bucks, you know, sent out a feeler to his agent just to see, you know, what's the, what's the range. Well, and that's Maybe how something I... like that, but a lot of people are saying, oh, this means that, do you think they get a deal done then? Since, you know, Devontae Freeman has interest and their mutual interest. I was like, I, I don't, I'm not convinced there's mutual interest there. I but mean, I also... maybe there is, because who wouldn't want to play with Tom Brady? But at the same time, it's... The, the, the tweet didn't come off that way to me. But that's also how a lot of these rumors get started. You know what I mean? A team will send out a feeler, see if they can figure out the price range of a certain thing, and then somebody gets a hold of it. They hear that a team's inquiring about one person, and all of a sudden that team is interested in that person. Yeah. You know, if I were to walk into a store and I'm looking through the electronics, I'm looking at a TV that I can't afford, and I don't end up buying the TV because I know I can't afford it, I'm sure if this was, you know directly related to football terms, there would be somebody that comes away saying, Rhett Matthew was seen at Walmart, interested in TVs. Uh, you know, we'll let you know anything else that happens. I think that's just how those rumors come about. And I think with and the then, Devontae Freeman situation... And then people would get all bummed, get all bummed when you buy the $100 TV, you know, because that's all you can, you know, I'm not saying that's all you can afford, but... Now you're you just know. calling me broke on the show. It is what it is, bro. It, I mean, hey, you're not wrong. Hey, well, well, you didn't think I'd be able to remember the show number, so I guess we're even... <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, you know, people would be so disappointed when you buy the cheaper TV that's on sale rather than the two, you know, the, the $600 plasma screen, you know? So it's, that's a, it's a great analogy and a great, like 
example of how these rumors just just come about yeah it's definitely that time of the year we know news is slow so when something like that comes out i know it can be entertaining i was fairly interested in it for a little while but after seeing how it was handled by both sides and it's come out we kind of know it's just dissolved and between you me i've just got a good feeling that Devontae freeman will not be a tampa bay buccaneer but with that being said he would have to He'd have to bring down his – he'd have to really show that he wants to come to Tampa. Exactly, and I'm sure for happen. him, he'll take an extra payday somewhere else as opposed to maybe or maybe not a better chance of getting a ring. You ever know, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who view Tampa as a wild card as well in the NFL. But let's move on before we go overboard here. We open things up on our Instagram page to have you guys ask us anything. It's the first show that we've done like this in quite a while. I think the last Ask Me Anything show that we did was literally a Q&A that we did when uh, nobody knew who we were. And granted, now nobody knows who we are yet, but we've got a little bit more people paying attention. So we got some awesome questions for you guys that we're going to go over. And they cover the realm of pretty much everything from how we became Bucks fans to why we like the team. Uh, If a hot dog is a sandwich or not, I'm really excited about that one. We'll get into that here in just a couple of minutes. Plus some other things about the Buccaneers and their future. So a lot of great questions. Let's just jump right into it. So our first fan-submitted question comes from Tampa Bay Bucks Germany on Instagram. He says, why and how did you become a Bucks fan? Well, for me, why did I become a Bucks fan? Well, when I was young, I, I was always a Bucks fan. You know, there was Bucks imagery all over the house. Whenever we'd go out, I'd see Bucks stuff. So for me, it was easy because red was my favorite color and the Bucks had the most badass logo in the NFL. So it was easy from a young age, you know, before I started watching the games and caring about the team, I was a Bucks fan because I just liked how they looked. I always played as the Bucks in the Madden video games, you know, that's just where it started. But for me, the first game that I sat down and watched from beginning to end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was Josh Freeman's first career start against the Packers when the creamsicle Bucks were able to pull it off. That was awesome. I watched that at my aunt's house. Everybody was cheering. Everybody was having a great time. And after that, I was hooked. The following season, 2010, we had season tickets. Man, you thought you were in You were in good 2010, huh? Yeah, I mean. Little, little did you know the team actually sucked. Oh, God, don't even call that team a fluke, man. My heart can't take it. But that's the season that made me a fan was 2010. I liked the team enough my entire life to know who they were, but I didn't watch them every single week until I watched Josh Freeman's first career start. And then after that, I was watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers every single Sunday. So you probably thought that you were watching that Freeman game and you probably thought like, man, this is awesome. Not knowing that that was their first win. Well, I knew it was like week 11 and it was their first win. Yeah, right. I had always known that the Bucks weren't that great a team, but I had also known that they won a Super Bowl within the past few years. You know, back yeah. in 2008, that was within the past few years. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't paying attention to wins and losses every single week. It was after that Freeman game that I really started to pay attention to that stuff. And that's why 2010 was so exciting, because I knew that 2009, we ended, what, 4-12? and um, You know, it just was not a good year at all. But... Yeah, man, that's that's kind of that's kind of my origin story. 2010 season, season tickets, the rest is history. What about you, Evan? So mine is fairly simple, partly because I don't live in Florida. So I'm going to share two stories, kind of. And I'm going to share two stories. Mine is quick. So mine is just because of my dad. Like, 
he was a Bucks fan and stuff. So just like you, I grew up and what was around the house. It wasn't Eagles stuff. It wasn't Steelers stuff living in Pennsylvania. It was just Bucks stuff. So um, naturally, one day I just started watching with him. And uh, 2011, 2011 was the first season I watched. I remember we were down in the basement watching the first game versus the Lions, and they lost. Um, but then I remember, you know, watching a good bit that season, and then just ever since then, uh, following along and starting the page in uh, 2013. But basically, I'm going to tell you his story um, because the reason I'm a Bucks fan is because of him. So he obviously he was uh, about 10 years old when the Bucks were introduced uh, to the NFL, and first thing he liked was their helmets. He really liked the the the, the Bucko Bruce on, on the white helmet, and that that had him hooked. So obviously he wasn't able to watch them. So he would read because he's lived in Pennsylvania his whole life too. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's not like a Florida boy. That's not that's not the reason why. So he would read the newspaper, you know, and and would always take a look at what Tampa did. And then uh, I believe it was the next year, that 77 or 78, when the Bucks drafted Ricky Bell, uh, running back from USC. I, say, I think it might have been USC. Yeah, I want to say Let USC. Me, hey, here, you keep telling your story. I'm going to prove for you that. <laughs> okay. We're going to sound I, I, like ass hats if we're I wrong. I want to say USC. Um, so Ricky Bell, they drafted him, and he was like, man, like, that was the team I thought was cool. They got. My favorite college football player. I'm gonna start following them more. So, 80s kept following them. 90s kept following them. You know, when the Directv Sunday Ticket came out, he bought that. Um, I then watched every game. Every, you know, go ahead. It's, it, it's funny that you brought up that Sunday ticket because I think every real Bucks fan has gone through the struggle of finding a way to watch the team, uh, not necessarily quote unquote legally. I mean, yeah, you can buy the Sunday ticket and watch them every single Sunday. Yeah, it's legal. <laughs> well, I know the plight for myself was in 2010, 2011. If I remember both of those seasons, there wasn't a single Bucks home game on TV. They were all blacked out. So I always had to either, you know, go watch them at the bar when I was 10 years old or I'd have to watch them on some illegal stream on my computer. And I yeah, luckily people... we didn't have that. No issues there. Yeah. Right? Sunday, Sunday ticket picked them all up. It was just locally that they were blacked out. Right. Yeah. But I, I yeah. think every single Bucks fan has had to deal with uh, finding an extra way to watch the game because for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason, it's just not on TV. So, well, luckily, I mean, that was 2011 was the last year, right? Uh, I want to say so. I think there was a blackout. Maybe not a blackout. No, for Jameis's rookie season, his first game. I, I remember doubt it. I had to watch that one on a computer, and I don't know if it was because we didn't have cable and the game wasn't on that. I don't remember entirely. I think, I think that was it. But I want to say 2011, <laughs> like 2012-ish was the last season where we had games blacked out. That's just because people yeah. weren't buying tickets to go. Yeah, so, I mean – yeah, so I mean, and then he starts following him, and his first Bucks game was my first Bucks game. He had never been there. Um, he had been down to Tampa, but he went down during the off season one time, and he went in this Bucks store and bought maybe three hundred, four hundred dollars worth of stuff. This is in like like late nineties, because I mean, back then the internet wasn't really a thing. That's the only way you could get yeah. Bucks stuff. So I mean, he just went. He bought, like I said, four hundred, hundred, five hundred dollars worth of stuff in that store the one time and uh, he was down there. So 
he finally came back to Tampa. And partially the reason that he didn't go to a game until 2012, when it was my first game, was because the Bucks were good when he was really watching. It was impossible right. to get tickets. Yeah. You know, it was it wasn't possible. And then, you know, when they were bad, I was younger. Couldn't really take a trip. I finally got to the age where you could. Uh, my sister was at a good age as well. And we went uh, 2012. It was Bucks versus Chargers. The Bucks won 34 to 24. Leonard Johnson had a pick six. Um, yeah. Did he tell uh, you about the cannons beforehand? I knew about them. It's okay. just, just just from watching the uh, just from watching the game the, the season before. I knew that you know they they went off. Uh, we were. I forget. Were we on? Were we near the pirate ship? I don't remember if we were near the pirate ship or not. So, um, I don't think we were. I don't think we were near the pirate ship uh, that game. So, yeah. But uh, that's pretty much the the story. It was because of my dad and my dad because of the helmets and uh, Mr. Ricky Bell. So, hell yeah, man. That's pretty awesome that it goes back that far. Your dad. Did you find out what college he went to? Yes, he did go to USC. We got that right. There we go. Yeah, that's what we do here on the show. We get everything right. Nothing wrong. Got got a a fact check. (laughs) So let's get on to our next question. This is another personal one. This comes from 757 Luke on Instagram. He asks us, what is your favorite Buccaneer season? Other than the Super Bowl one, obviously. And uh, I'll get this out of the way. 2010. That's why I told you not to crap on that team. Ten and six is still ten and six. <laughs> it's more wins than we've had in the last fifteen years since the last time we went ten and six. So I'll, I'll tell you what. For me, that experience of season tickets, along with just one of the youngest teams in NFL history, I think they still have a record for the most amount of rookies to start in a season. It was ridiculous yeah. the success of that team was able to find. And whether people want to look back on it as a fluke, be my guest. But Josh Freeman was a damn stud, and I believe that after 2010, he was the future of this team at quarterback. Yeah. I was in love with the guy. So 2010 <laughs> bucks for me are one of my favorite seasons ever. I love going back on Game Pass and watching that. I actually I have gone back on Game Pass and watched some of those. So Hell yeah, um, yeah. Um, so my favorite season is. You know, basically, I'm just personal experience, just like you said. You know, don't crap on the 2010 team. For me, it's that 2012 team, and I know you're going to be thinking, Evan, why they were seven? <laughs> they, were, they were seven and nine. I remember Doug I Martin ne- had a hell of a year that year. I, that was his rookie season. Yeah. Um, they were seven and nine, but sure, but that was like I said. I already said a reason. That was my first Bucks game I went to. That that was the year I went to my first Bucks game. I had such a fun time. I had such a fun time watching Doug Martin run up and down on the Raiders all day in Oakland. That was such a fun game to watch. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, you know, Josh Freeman was playing well. Vincent Jackson was a stud that year. Uh, I was still able to watch like Rondé Barber. They were six and four midway through the season, including a four-game win streak, which included the OT win versus Carolina when Vincent Jackson scored that late touchdown and Dallas Clark scored scored the OT winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just they were in the top wild card spot and they they faltered down the stretch. They they lost to the Falcons at home. They lost to the Eagles last second at home. Um, but just for me personally, just experiencing that season. Um, really, like I was follow- I was watching in 2011. I didn't really know what was going on in 2011, um, but then 2012, I really got it. And like Doug Martin's success, really, really just stuck with me. And I, I, I had a- that was a blast of a year for me. Um, 
it really was. I, I know it's crazy to say because it was a losing season, but it was just, it, it seriously was. Well, and you had mentioned, you know, all of those players by name that made it memorable for you. And I think that's what can make that first season of really following the team a lot more exciting because you learn all of those players and like you feel good because you're like, I know this guy. I know who backs up this guy. I yeah. know this guy yep. who can swap out on defense. Like that was really cool. You know, so for me, a lot of those guys and the names that I hang on to from the 2010 season are names that nobody really talks about in Bucks culture anymore. Like Savvy Piscatelli. He wasn't yeah. a he well, wasn't a great player, but yeah. he's just a name that I remember. You know, Barrett Rudy linebacker. My guys are like my guys are like uh You've got Daniel, a lot of the same guys as I do, I'm I'm pretty Daniel, sure. Daniel Teo Nassim, uh Mark Barron, Eric Wright. Yeah. Um, who else? Who was the other safety? Rondé was Ron. Rondé was playing safety. Rondé was playing safety by that time He's, of his like, career. Keep to played the first few games, but then got traded to the mm-hmm. Patriots. Um, I don't remember who. Ahmad Black was on that team. Leonard Johnson, obviously. Adam Hayward, Dakota Watson. So I mean, yeah, there was just there's a bunch of people. Eric Lorig was still on the team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's was, a lot uh, of guys. I don't know if 2012 Jeremy Trueblood was still playing, but he was my favorite offensive lineman for a while. 2012, I don't think he was on the team. Zutal yeah. and Zutal Penn, David Joseph, those were like the guys. Ted yeah. Larson, I think. Jeff Fain. Was, there. was Jeff Fain still Je- on that O line? I don't think so. I no. think he was 2011, not 2012. But that's the thing is that I mean, yeah, the years are going to start to blend together. But those are yeah. the guys that I remember was Donald Penn, Jeremy oh, Trueblood, Adrian, Adrian Claiborne, Daquan right. Bowers, yeah, you know, young Gerald McCoy, Levante David's rookie yep. season. Yep, a exactly. lot of great names. A lot of great names. So let's get out of the realm of vague Buccaneer names that only the real diehard fans know, and let's get into our next question. These next two questions are somewhat related to each other, and I think we need to breeze through them because if we're not careful, we're going to spend another hour solely going over these two questions. This one comes from Jake.McSpicy on Instagram. He says, are hot dogs considered sandwiches? No. No? No, no, it's a hot dog. Yeah, it's a hot dog, but it's like... A hot dog's a hot dog. But it's two pieces of meat. Or a piece of meat between two pieces of bread, but that's not a sandwich. You, you don't. So what, cla- you don't so what classifies as a sandwich? When you look, when you look on a menu, when you look on a restaurant menu, yeah, right, and they serve hot dogs. Do, is it is it under the sandwiches tab? No, it is not because it's not a sandwich. I don't care if it's a piece of meat between you know bread. That's not that doesn't classify as a sandwich when it has its own name. This is the most heated like, I've seen you get out of all the questions yet today. You, you, because I I asked I asked my family when we got the question. I asked them and they were like it's a sandwich. I'm like no it's not. So <laughs> um you know you, you say a ham and cheese sandwich, right? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Hot dog. You don't say hot dog sandwich. you don't you don't say that that's not that's not a thing you know what hot dog is a hot dog just to piss you off i'm not going to tell you if i agree with you or not we're just going to go ahead you got to answer the question we're going to go ahead and move on to the next question Uh, here man this is what Rhett does this is the true (laughs) Rhett. dodges questions i i I agree with you i don't think it's a sandwich either but let's go into this next question really it it sure seemed like you thought it was a sandwich no dude i was just yanking your chain i don't think it's Uh, a sandwich either i've never seen it under the sandwich menu it's a hot dog 
It, yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's a hot dog. All right. <laughs> Let's Damn. get into this next question. This one's even better. Jackson Doring 34 says, if you cut a net, do you get more or less holes in the net? You get less holes in the net. Because yeah, if you, you, get, you get one. Right. You get one big hole. So the more you cut. Well, it also all depends. Yeah. How many are you cutting? Yeah. Well, that, for the sake the, of, you know, let's say you cut three or four, even then you're getting less because you're turning, yeah, yeah, you're turning, right. you're turning two, two or three in one. Exactly. There you yeah, go. There's so the get, logic. There, I'm yeah. glad we can agree oh. on that. So if you cut a net, the jury has determined that you get less holes in the net once you cut it. There we go. Officially answered. Thanks for your question, Jackson and Jake. Those are both great ones. Let's get back to the Bucks content. This next one comes from Tate Miller 4707 on Instagram. And it's pretty interesting. It has to do with the future of the Bucks and something that we haven't talked about a whole lot just yet because, uh, you know, we still have a year left to go. But what do you think is the biggest potential need for the 2021 draft in our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Evan? Well, a lot of it does have to do with how it exactly turns out, you know, how the season turns out. But the biggest need might not actually be a, a need if, if you know it might confuse you right now but you'll see where I'm going with this no I think I think we have the same answer and I think I know exactly where you're going okay let me just all right let me get a hint is it an important position yes it's very important it is the most important on the entire team yeah they <laughs> might need to look for a future starting quarterback in this draft um, that's like yeah I, I think I don't think you can let Brady retire or, or go somewhere else after two years and not have a plan. Um, especially since, I mean, next year you're probably going to have a lower draft pick anyway. You'll probably still be in the 20s. So, like, now's your chance, right? There's a few guys. You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. You're not going to get Justin Fields. Forget about it. Um, but Trey Lance from North Dakota State is the first-round guy I like. Jamie Newman. Uh, just transferred to Georgia, going to be playing in a Todd Monk and offense. I like that. So those are two names that I like that, you know, if you guys want to go on research those guys. But um, I would say quarterback. If you're saying actual need, like this needs an upgrade, that depends on the season. You might need a, a left tackle or a right tackle. If, you know, Donovan Smith doesn't work out and yeah. you move Tristan Wirfs to left or right, you might need an opposite one of those. Um Maybe you need an interior defensive lineman if, if Sue doesn't return. Um, maybe maybe you need a, a safety if you know if if Jordan Whitehead doesn't work out or Mike Edwards doesn't work out. Uh, so I mean there there's a good there's a good bit, but a lot of it determines on the the season. But right now I would say if I'm running the team, if Lance or Newman are there when the Bucks pick in the first round, I would take them. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I was going to say quarterback as well, because let's look at it this way. Regardless of how the season goes, let's assume the Bucks are going to be picking middle towards the end of the pack in the first round. Let's just if, say 24th. Right, right. If you've got Tom Brady, who just took the Bucks to their playoff appearance, first one in over 12 years, and he's feeling good enough to come back and play when he's 45 years of age, I don't think it's out of reason to go later in the first round, maybe pick up a quarterback that you can roll the dice on, let him sit behind Tom Brady in possibly the final year of his career, and then have him ready to go for year two. You know, I, I just don't see any way, even if you're not getting a Trevor Lawrence, a top-name quarterback that's going to be at the top of the first round next year, 
having that extra year of Brady is what allows you to get that comfort zone of let's take a chance on this guy, a.k.a. maybe what the Packers did with Jordan Love. Granted, a lot of people exactly. hated it. I don't think the Bucs are going to – well, you never you never really know if they trade it up next year. It could be something year. like that. I mean, I you know, if they trade up, obviously they're not going to be trading up to, you know – the draft Trevor Lawrence or Joseph Fields. Right. But, like, you could, t- I could totally see. They're at 24, move up to 20 to get Trey Lance. I could totally see that. Yeah. So I think we answered that one to the best of our ability. Whether people agree with it or not, quarterback may definitely be the biggest need for the Buccaneers in the first round next year. Let's get into our next question. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this name correctly, so if I'm not, you can yell at me about it later. Owen underscore Desrosier. Asks us, John Franklin, what is his role on this team? Uh, what is his role in general? We brought up Tom Franklin, tor- or John Franklin, excuse me, I'm sorry. We brought up John Franklin towards the end of last season. He made an appearance for the Bucks against the Falcons. He came in, did some damage. It was pretty cool to see him come in and get some reps, even if it was just two that I think he got. Uh, but he's one of those guys that we have brought up as a potential Swiss Army knife. You know, he's been all over the depth chart. I want to say, is he still on the depth chart as a quarterback? I don't know the last thing we had him on there I don't there think as. so. No? I don't think... But he, he's been, God, what has he been, a corner, a wide receiver, a quarterback on the depth chart? He's been all over the place, right? Yeah, he's been, I believe, the last game, I think he was listed as a wide receiver. Right. So. So this is a guy who can definitely fill in anywhere, and Bruce Arians has uh, has spoken before about how he really does like the guy. He likes the effort he puts in, and he's seen some shining out of him in practice. But when it comes to John Franklin and his role on this team going forward, I think we're just going to have to wait until training camp. You know, we're going to have to see training camp and preseason how they use this guy, because if they have him line up in the offense in a preseason game, maybe we're going to see him do more on that side of the ball. You know, it's just... For me, it's kind of a wait and see, but I really do have a good feeling they're going to find a use for him, and I think he'll, uh, I think he'll definitely find a spot on this team. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know if he finds a spot, especially if he's a receiver, just because receivers crowded. But um, I feel like he'd have a better shot at corner. But I feel like you, you know, you can use him in all sorts of ways. So maybe he's a guy that could play some special teams and play it well. So uh, definitely see, but you know, he'll, he'll get his shot in camp. Definitely. And that's a great point that you brought up about special teams because he is the type of athlete where I can totally see him fitting in and helping out on special teams. Like he has a role to be played. And I think that's what makes him so unique is that he can play pretty much anywhere. So for right now, I guess we'll just wait and see. But thanks for your question, Owen. Our next question comes from that kid Drew on Instagram. He says, now with a year's worth of knowledge, who is the successor at head coach to Bruce Arians? When B.A. first came to Tampa, we talked about how we might only get him for two or three years. And uh, it, it seemed like when he first got here that Todd Bowles was going to be the guy. Halfway through last season, I know there were some comments made about Byron Leftwich being the guy after Arians retires. Evan, what is your opinion? Which one of those guys, and if it's not either of them, that could also be the case. But which one of those guys do you think is going to be head coach after B.A. retires? So this is all assuming that everything goes according to plan. Right, let's because say Hokey Dory. If he's fired, then none of them. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, this is assuming not necessarily Super Bowl, but maybe playoffs. So I think B.A. will be here for a total of three seasons. I think him and Brady will, will retire together um, pretty much. So Be able to move s- into Jeter's house with him, and they'll be Tampa <sighs> legends. Of course. Uh I'm going to 
stick with Byron Leftwich uh, as the guy. But I, some names, I think you know, I think Todd Bowles. However, I just I don't see Todd Bowles. Man, if this defense improves this year a lot, somebody's going to give him a job next year. As a head I, coach I just, or a coordinator? Yeah, as a head coach. I just don't see – like he got head coach consideration this offseason. Mm-hmm. And if the defense improves some more and the Bucks go to the playoffs, that's going to be even more you know, hype on him. I just don't see – him returning like he's already got head coach experience before people are going to think well maybe he's learned from some mistakes and he's proven that he can build a defense so i mean yeah if, if he has another if the defense is a solid year i don't see a way bowl sticks around well let's say for uh, the sake you know if the defense does have a solid year buccaneers make the playoffs and todd bowles is one of those guys who is you know in consideration for head coaching i guess it would ultimately plan out what bruce arians wants to do because that's always a question mark but I guess there's really no way the Buccaneers can guarantee a year ahead of B.A. retiring, hey, Todd Bowles is going to be the guy. But I did want to bring up that hypothetical situation. Let's say Bruce Arians retires. You know, they go to the Super Bowl. They go to the playoffs. They go whatever whatever they may do in the postseason, which is the – I don't know if it's the expectation, but it's definitely the big hope right now. Whatever they may do. If they offer Todd Bowles a position to be a head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what makes you think he won't say yes? Well, I mean, so you're talking about a year in advance? Well, not I mean... Or it, are you talking about if B.A.'s gone and Todd Bowles... I'm just talking hypothetical all around. I'm not really talking specific factors. Uh, I'm just saying if the pieces fall into place and the Buccaneers well, yeah, offer something then, to Bowles. Then I think, sure, but I just don't... Like I said, I think it's going to be too soon. I just think... He's going to get a job too soon. I think that, like I said, if he turns his defense around, they go to the playoffs, they win some playoff games, people are going to start paying attention to him. And like, I think that Byron Leftwich has a really good shot to be the, the guy. Um, a lot of people think that Leftwich is going to be a head coach. Two other names, though. And Peter Report had said this one name. I had thought this this one name, but Peter Report said the other name, which was interesting to me. Um, this isn't a rumor. They just said like they thought there was a possibility. Um, Harold Goodwin, um, the offensive line assistant slash like offensive assistant, like he- assistant head coach, basically. He was actually interviewed by Jason Light and the Buccaneers when they hired Dirk Cutter. So they already know a little bit about him. And he's been considered for a few head coaching offers. So he's a possibility. And special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong is a real possibility. So one of the, I, this is like Pewter Report said, I'm going to agree with Pewter Report here. One of those four guys, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Harold Goodwin, Keith Armstrong, one of those four guys, if everything, if Bruce Arians is not fired and he just retires. One of those four guys is going to be the guy. And you know what? I think that Bia retires. I think the Glazers might ask, you know, who do you think? Who do you who do you think? And guess what he's going to say? Guess who he loves? Right now, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Yeah. So I, I think that in 2023 or 2024, Byron Leftwich will be the, the head coach of the Buccaneers if everything goes okay. Yeah. And I think what I was trying to bring up earlier, but I couldn't really find the best way to describe it was, you know, let's say next season Todd Bowles and or Byron Leftwich, because you never really know here in this situation, let's say they're big candidates to get a go. Byron uh, Leftwich, he got some consideration from the Redskins, so. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, let's say these guys are big candidates for head coaching jobs next offseason. If the Buccaneers find some success and the defense that Todd Bowles built does well and it's consistent and, you know, Byron Leftwich has the offense humming and looking good, I feel like this team doing well and really going on a run is just going to make them want to stay even more because, you know, why not? Let's go do it again. I think that's, just... that's, weird. that's wishful thinking. Yeah. So, so if you're, let's say... So let's say, you know, you you get a shot here. Let's say basically the the Bucks see you on this podcast and they they like what they see and they want to offer you a spot to have your own podcast for for the Bucks. But you know, but you have to leave this one behind. You got to do it. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. So so it's a bigger role, so just just like them, you know, can you either do you want to be the do you want to be the manager or do you want to be just an employee? Of course, you want to be the manager. So, I mean, really, it's asking for. I mean, there are some guys in the NFL that like to be assistants, and I think a dream scenario for the Buccaneers, honestly, is when Bruce Arians retires. Todd Bowles basically says, "Look, I don't want to be a head coach again. I want to stay as defensive coordinator." And Byron Leftwich becomes the head coach. Harold Goodwin becomes the offensive coordinator and Tabo stays his defensive coordinator. I think that's the, the perfect scenario, but we don't live in a perfect world. Nah, I, I get it. I mean, it's a great way to explain it. Yeah, it is wishful thinking, but you know me, the eternal optimist, just a scenario that I think could possibly play out because wishful thinking definitely hasn't hurt anyone in the past, at least me recently. But whatever. Let's not even talk about uh, it, that anymore. It, it, it hurts you a lot during football season. Oh, stop so. it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Let's get into our final question of the show. This one comes from Henry Jeff 23 and it has to do with the Buccaneers' future as well. More wishful thinking involved. Fingers crossed. Will Tom Brady make the Ring of Honor if he only plays two seasons in Tampa? Well, I think this one can be summed up to uh, it just depends on how those two seasons go. Yeah, this, you know? <laughs> to me, to me, this is a question. Not will Tom Brady be in the Ring of Honor? It's will Tom Brady win a Super Bowl? Exactly. If, if, Tom, if Brady... Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl and he's a big part of that Super Bowl, like he's putting up MVP type numbers and he leads them to a Super Bowl victory, I think they will build a the statue of, of Tom Brady outside Raymond James. They and Bruce re- Arians would be in the Ring of Honor too eventually. Exactly. They would rename one buck place to Tom Brady Place. Like it, that's just what would go down. He would be a legend in Buccaneer folklore for the rest of the organization's lifetime. It, it's you know, it's just one of those things that like it, it's almost like a no-brainer. And it's crazy to think that there's a type of player in the NFL, especially one who plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to where he could only play two seasons for the team and potentially be in the team's uh, quote-unquote Hall of Fame, if you will. Yeah. But that's the scenario that it is. And it's definitely fun to think about. But, yeah, I, I think – okay, let me ask you this. Because if he wins a Super Bowl, I think it's a no-brainer. Next year, Bucks make it to, I don't know, divisional round. They lose in the divisional round. Year after that, they make it to the NFC Championship. They lose in the NFC Championship. Tom Brady retires. Does he still make the Ring of Honor? No. No? It's, it's got to be a Super Bowl. You have to bring a championship. Yeah. And you can't lose the Super Bowl either. Right, It's not yeah. like you make the Super Bowl and lose. No, you have to win the Super Bowl. You have to put another banner on, on that pirate ship. You have to that, – that's, that's what you have to do. And, and Bruce Arians wouldn't be put the Ring of Honor with those results either. You have to win a Super Bowl. Guys that are Ring of Honor locks right now, Gerald McCoy, Mike Evans, um, 
that are like you think, currently you think playing McCoy's in the NFL. A lock for Ring of Honor. Yeah, McCoy's going to get in. Within um, how many years? Oh, obviously it'll be once he retires. So I think he'll play for four or five more years. So it won't be, it won't be for maybe ten years, but eventually he'll he's going to be in. Interesting. Uh, and Mike Evans, like way down the line, 15, fifteen twenty years from now, he'll be in. Um, Naturally, it for current guys right now. Obviously, well, Levante David might get in, um, and then I think like Levante's right now, more of a lock now than Gerald McCoy. For if no. we're honest here, no, no, no. no. Why not? But Why not? I just just because Gerald McCoy was they played on the same shitty football so, teams together. Yeah, but McCoy's played on more of them. I get by what a season, two seasons. Look, so. The thing with me with McCoy is I think they're both deserving. And I think, I, they I think both they're definitely will. both deserving. I'm just asking why Levante is it more deserving than Gerald McCoy because Levante's been a close. buck his whole career. I think so okay, well so was Gerald McCoy until they cheap shot him. So um you know, I wouldn't expect Levante David to end his career as a buck either. So um I mean I, I think that you know Joe McCoy just put up some dominant numbers on some horrible teams. And I know Levante David has as well, but I mean, let's be honest here. These Bucks teams are more fun to watch and have more talent than some of the Bucks teams that McCoy was on early in his career. Right? Like his rookie season was two thousand what? Ten. Was it was it ten? Yeah, two thousand ten. And I mean, you look at that defense. Did it? You know this. You look at that defense compared to this year's defense. It wasn't it wasn't this, winning this any awards defense, in 2010? This year's defense has some more talent. Yes, it resulted in more wins in 2010, but smoke and mirrors. I know Rhett doesn't want to hear it, but <laughs> um, in 2011, four and twelve, terrible. Yeah. 2012, yeah. 2012, Levante's first year, seven and nine, but still terrible. And just McCoy just never like he. I never felt like he got the recognition he deserved, and. Honestly, like Levante does a ton in the community. I don't know if there's been any player that's done more in the community than Gerald McCoy did in his time there. Um, maybe Jameis, maybe, but I mean McCoy spent so much more time here than Jameis did. I think McCoy probably ended up doing more. McCoy still spends time here. You know, let's yeah. not forget he still, I, his, his son still went to school here. Yeah, I, I saw I saw Gerald McCoy at the Florida State Fair a few months ago, and he's been playing with Carolina a whole season, but yeah, he decided he, to come down to Tampa to for the Florida State a, Fair. Have, yeah, have a wrestling match with you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wanted to get back at me for all the bad things I said on Twitter. Um, no, nah, I, I mean it's an interesting conversation. I think it's a conversation. Well, this this turned into you know what books players are going to be in the Ring of Honor, but <laughs> you know, yeah, to, for me, Tom Brady. Look, Mike Evans can make the Ring of Honor without a championship. Levante David, make the Ring of Honor without a championship. Joe McCoy, make the Ring of Honor without a championship. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, you got to win. You you have to win. Tony Dungy's up there. He didn't win, right? Like, John well, Gruden. At- you think if John Gruden doesn't win that Super Bowl? John Gruden had one Super Bowl year, and then they made the playoffs tw- two more times. That was it. Like, John Gruden made the playoffs three times in his entire tenure as Buccaneers head coach, but one of them was a Super Bowl win, and he's in the Ring of Honor. That's what a Super Bowl win does. Super Bowl Think about or bust. That. Think about that. Super Bowl or bust for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. That's where, that's that's where I'm close to that. 
let's add him to the conversation. But a really good conversation we had about not only Brady, Arians, the Buccaneers, Ring of Honor, and everything else that you guys had submitted to us. So thank you so much for sending your questions. We truly do appreciate it. During we'll times like more these, these, what's more up? These come, we'll be doing more of these coming up, too. Because oh, yeah. still a lot of time between now and training camp and not a lot of news. So Yeah. And maybe sometime soon we'll have to open up the phone lines again, do a live show, have you guys call in, and we'll answer questions uh, straight to your phone, not to your face because we can't see you. Maybe I can actually have, you know, like lights on in my house. Um, (laughs) Over the course of the show, it's gotten a little darker over there. (laughs) Yeah, it has. Well, the the sun went down, so it was either the sun of my eyes or eventually, you know, I can actually, like, disappear pretty much. And, of course, I'm wearing a black shirt and a black hat, so. Yeah, well, your pale face is going to make sure you don't go anywhere anytime (laughs) soon. We are all right, dude. I'm we whiter. Are... I'm whiter than you are. It's not a dig at anybody. Come on now. All right. Well, you, you kind of look like Seamus. So, <laughs> if anybody doesn't know who Seamus is, Google him now. <laughs> Thanks. Well, with, you're welcome. It's with, all love. It's with all love. that being said, before things get too hostile, I think <laughs> that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Let's just talk about hot dogs and sandwiches again. Yeah, let's do it. Next week, it'll be the uh, the hot dog versus sandwich special. It'll be two hours long. We'll take live phone oh, calls. Oh, oh. It'll be great. It'll be great. Maybe yep. maybe we'll find some room to talk about some Bucks developments, if there are any. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Maybe. It all, all depends on what's, you know. Well, what some of the players' stances are, we got to get them on the show too. And oh yeah, them. exactly. We'll reach back out to Bradley Pinion, see what he thinks about hot dogs. Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned into the show, whether you were listening on any podcast platform or watching us with video on YouTube. We recently hit a thousand subscribers, so thank you guys very, very much. If you haven't already, make sure you leave a thumbs up. Drop a comment below if you're watching on YouTube as well. Give us your opinion on some of the things we talked about today, and of course, we will respond and maybe even bring it up on the next show. You never know. But check us out on our YouTube. It is the number one way to watch the show. You can follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And you can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at Twitter at EvanNFL and on Instagram at Bucks.Wave, the number one Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. And one last thing before we go, I need to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Anything branding that you need done, these guys are going to make sure that it gets handled in the most professional way possible. And I'm very excited to tell you about a little deal that we've got going on. If you call Pinecrest Printing and Signs and you're looking to get some business cards, some stickers, some apparel, maybe even a vehicle wrap, who knows, a sign for your business – If you mention CFP, promo code CFP, you'll get 10% off your first order. So that $100 order of business cards just became a $90 order of business cards. Save yourself 10 bucks. Go get a hot dog or get a Cuban sandwich. Who knows? But promo code CFP is a way to get 10% off your first order. So make sure you tell them that if you go in there and order. You can check them out. Give them a call at 813-684-5444. Or you can check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. Remember, promo code CFP for 10% off your first order. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, the Philly Bucks fan. And we appreciate you guys listening to our show. We'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.